Hey guys, and welcome back to another episode of Pickles and Vodka, the unfiltered mental health podcast dedicated to talking about the things no one wants to talk about in real life. I'm Christina, your host, and I'm going to start this episode by talking a little bit about the last two weeks because, I don't know, they've been pretty significant in terms of my mental health. My friend Violet came to visit me for six days uh, from Nashville, and she also struggles with bulimia, and we had talked about the trip prior to it happening, and we both decided that we wanted it to be kind of like a retreat, like a time for both of us to take a break from the hell of our eating disorders and uh, just focus on having a good time, repairing our relationship with food, just kind of uh, giving ourselves a break. And it was really good, really healing. We walked a lot. I showed her a lot of Seattle. Uh, We had a lot of great conversations. And we ate a lot of challenge foods, which for those who don't know, it's basically what it sounds like. It's a food that as an eating disordered individual you have forbidden or you it carries with it scary connotations, you know, like carbs, sugar, like stuff like that. But one of the best parts of exploring a new city is trying that city's food. And so we both did a lot of that. And we gained a little weight, and yes, it was scary, but also it was just so good in multiple senses to just not worry about it, Uh, to realize that you can eat something scary and not gain 10 pounds overnight, and, you know, your body rewards you when you work with it rather than against it. And I think that was the biggest takeaway for me, uh, is to just respect my body and treat it well and yeah that was great but like any good thing it it comes to an end and in the last like five or six days I forget since she left I have been suffering kind of an emotional hangover it's always weird uh, to go back to the daily grind after your vacation ends and this is no exception Uh, so I've been struggling a little bit But also, I am doing better than I have done in a long time. Um, The trip really helped me kind of reestablish some healthy patterns. And, oh, I've had a lot of good days. Uh, A few nights ago, it was uh, Friday night, and I get really nervous spending time alone, but especially something like Friday night where people are expected to, like, go out and do shit. I don't know, I was kind of nervous about spending time in my own company, but... I did a lot of chores and I went on a walk and I listened to, (laughs) I got really stoned and I listened to my own podcast, which is something I do more often than I like to admit. I mean, sure, I I say I don't like the sound of my own voice, but let's be real, I'm kind of obsessed with myself like everyone is. But besides that, I just like listening to old episodes and kind of writing myself notes about what I can do better or things I liked. And I was just walking around for like two hours listening to old episodes of my podcast. And I was just overwhelmed with gratitude and love for uh, everyone who's been a guest, obviously, but also you listeners. This podcast would not be here today without you guys. 
and I know I say this all the time, but I really appreciate you guys, and I don't take this for granted. <laughs> like I kind of mentioned before in previous episodes recently, I- I'm not always motivated to do this these days. Um, I'm stretched pretty thin compared to before COVID. I don't have as much mental bandwidth, and it- some days it's it's tempting to just kind of throw away this project uh, to just not care anymore but I could never do that like this is just so important to me and it's been a really important part of my life it's been a staple in my life you know for almost two years now and I've gone through a lot of shit while also recording this podcast and I think it's really cool to have this as sort of like an audio diary of where I was at in certain points of my life. So I I love you guys. I really do. And I'm not going to gush anymore. I'm going to jump into the episode with my friend Cody. I met him on Reddit uh, about a year and a half ago. We talk about his social anxiety, getting bullied as a kid, all the things that he does to escape. Uh, We talk about gaming and weed and music mostly. What else do you need, really? Yeah, it's a great episode. I really hope you guys enjoy it. As I'm recording this, it's uh, September 28th officially, and I'm kind of having to come to terms with the fact that this is the last week of September and we'll be rolling into October pretty soon. So after I finish recording this intro, I'm probably going to take a bunch of sleeping meds and just cry myself to sleep as one does (laughs) all right i'll stop talking and launch into the episode love you guys hey how's it going not too bad uh thanks for bearing with me i feel like every time i do one of these i have a technical difficulty it's really embarrassing since i've been doing this for like almost two years you'd think i'd get my shit together i mean that's technology though like there's there's always something like yeah, but like, else. I'm a millennial. Like, I don't. What's my excuse? You know. <laughs> okay, that's that's fair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was funny because um, when you you were telling me you hadn't used Skype since the last time we recorded, which was when was that? Like at least a year ago, right? I want to say like either February or March of like 2018 or something. Are you serious? That's embarrassing. For the listeners, I tried to do a recording with Cody before, and it was kind of a disaster. I feel like um, you you had some audio difficulties, and then I had a cold, and so I was like high on Benadryl, (laughs) and it was just kind of a mess. So this is take two, and a lot has changed in the world, and for you, um... I know we're Facebook friends, but I don't know a ton about what's been going on with you. So, how have you been? How's your mental health doing? (laughs) That's like a loaded question. (laughs) I've been okay. I mean, I... How are you? Are are you okay? uh, I, I think so. Like, I'm... I wouldn't say I'm thriving, but I'm definitely surviving, which... That's hey. that's important. <laughs> I want to know like a single person that's truly thriving right now, you know. Honestly, I don't, I don't think I know a single person that is like. <laughs> I know people that are like doing okay, or, like 
you know, whatever, doing well, but I don't think yeah. anybody's like thriving or, you know. If they were, then there would be a problem. Um, so we met on Reddit like two years ago ish. Do you want to tell the listeners what your name is, uh, how old you are, where you live, that sort of thing? Yeah, for sure. Um, so my name's Cody Anderson. I currently live in Vancouver, Washington, right across the border from Portland, Oregon. I'm 28 years old, which seems a little bit scary to me. Right? But, I turned uh, 28 in July, and it's it's like you're almost 30, but not quite. Like, you still have enough time left that you're not quite freaking out just yet, but you're starting to get the existential dread, like, creep in. <laughs> Yeah, um, the the existential dreads. It's been there for a few years now, but like now it's starting to uh, definitely rear its ugly head. I, I guess. So, what is your deal with mental health? Do you want to talk about that a little bit? Oh yeah, for sure. So I definitely have a a few things that uh, are more prevalent than others. I guess I could say. I would say the biggest issue I have with my own mental health is probably anxiety at this point in my life. How long have you been dealing with that? I feel like, honestly, most of my adult life, I guess I didn't really realize that it was anxiety when I was younger, but I would say probably like half my life or so. Have you been diagnosed with it or have you sought treatment? Yeah, um, I've seen psychologists and psychiatrists and I definitely have uh, social anxiety. Like that's Always. I'm sorry, what, what what kind of anxiety? Uh, social, social, social anxiety. Social anxiety, yeah, for sure. Also, when I asked if you were diagnosed with it, I didn't mean to say that, like, if you weren't diagnosed with it, you weren't valid. I know it, it kind of sounded like I was like, have you been diagnosed with it? Otherwise, it's not real. <laughs> That's not how I meant to come across. Oh, no, you, you, you're totally good. I, I think there's absolutely a lot of people who deal with anxiety on a regular basis and they're not diagnosed with it. I I heard that the rate of depression diagnoses uh, in our country has risen by like 70% this year. Damn. I mean, I I don't have, you know, the resources to back that up. Uh, It could be totally false, but I mean, just from what I've seen, it sounds believable. I, I could absolutely see that so your anxiety how does that manifest itself in your daily life right now well usually i uh i don't know i i'm just like sort of afraid of the future or maybe not afraid of the future but like scared of it in a way i i tend to think of uh worst case scenarios and i i feel like with everything that we consume as far as like social media goes and everything else in our current lives it almost seems like that's uh almost kind of forced upon us maybe not even forced upon us but it's a natural reaction to everything that's that's currently going on and for people who like have previously you know dealt with anxiety or general anxiety social anxiety etc uh I, i feel like that sort of said the word just like amplifies that yeah i mean i totally agree with you uh, social media is a mixed bag, really, because, sh- of course, there can be positives. 
I mean, we met through social media. I know so many people through social media. Um, this podcast obviously wouldn't exist without it. But also, you're right. It is a source of anxiety. Whether you struggle with mental illness or not, I think rationing your social media is probably a good idea right now. I completely agree with that. But I think <laughs> like saying and doing are you know, two different things. Right? Uh, it's also an addiction. Uh, I don't think people talk about that enough. Uh, social media addiction is totally real. Oh, absolutely. I probably spend on average three hours a day on like various social media um, sites or avenues, I guess. Yeah, what are your what are your favorite sites to spend time on? Predominantly uh, Facebook. Facebook gets a lot of my time, but at the same time, I've tailored my my Facebook account. So that a lot of the people who post a lot of stuff that I don't really want to see, I unfollow them. Yeah. It's kind of a, a matter of self-preservation. I, I find that those types of people can really bring me down or elevate the anxiety. Oh, definitely. Political rants. Oh my rants god. About, I'm stupid enough to read through like the entire post and then read all the comments and then afterwards I'm like upset. I want to say something and like I'll write like three paragraphs and like stop myself and be like uh, I don't want to get in a internet argument tonight. But at the same time I've already invested that energy into you know feeding into whatever they're, they're trying to sell me or whatever point they're trying to get across. I mean at least you're trying right? Yeah but yeah it's a it's a weird climate we're living in nowadays. Uh, so you live across the border from Portland. What is that like right now? Honestly, I don't really, uh, I don't go into Portland often anymore. I, I love Portland to death. And uh, I used to go down there like every once in a while. But the last couple times I've been to like downtown, it's, I don't know, it's just sort of sketchy, I guess you could say. I mean, where were you living the last time I talked to you? Was it like Montana? That uh, might be totally close. wrong. <laughs> it was Minnesota, but they both oh, start with shit. an A. It ended in A, so. I don't feel as bad now. <laughs> where are you from originally? Um, originally, I'm from like central Minnesota. Super small town. Not a lot going on from the town I'm from. It was maybe like an hour north of St. Paul in Minneapolis. Okay. What's your family like? Uh, my family's pretty great, to be honest, as as far as uh, what you could hope for from a family setting. Uh, I have two older brothers, one older sister, one younger sister. I think my parents just got done celebrating their like 43rd anniversary together. Oh, nice. Congrats which, to them. Thanks. Yeah, it's... I feel like that's actually a really big accomplishment in uh, the world we live in. Oh, yeah, for sure. So so pretty wholesome family, you would say? Yeah, yeah, I'd say so. Um, we all love each other. It's, it's a healthy relationship. It's We all have each other's backs, and we can all talk to each other, and it's not toxic at all. Or, I'm kind of blessed in that regard. Yeah, I bet you miss them living all the way out in Washington. Oh, I, I definitely do. Yeah, I, I can relate because my family all lives in Virginia. 
and uh, I'm, I'm here in Washington as well. I'm in Seattle, but um, it's hard living so far away because it's like you can't just hop on a plane or like hop in a car and be there in like five hours, you know? Oh, yeah. And you have to like plan stuff. You can't just, yeah, hop on a plane and go see them. I mean, you can technically hop on a plane and go see them, but like, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's a lot more difficult. How was mental health handled when you were growing up? Like, when were you first aware of it, I guess? Um, I would say, like, the first time I actually had a true mental health issue was probably when I was, like, 13. Fun age. Oh, yeah, it's lots going on. Hormones are doing things. Your body's doing things. Um, it's an exciting age. I uh, definitely had a, I guess, bad run-in with, like, bullies and shit. Okay. Did you and go to public school? I did. Okay. For the most part, it, it was pretty decent until I hit a certain age. And, uh, I don't know, for whatever reason, I became, like, the uh, easy target to bully. And then it got... Got a little rough for about a year or two or three, something like that. They all kind um, of blur blurred together. A little bit. I mean, well, when when I started like getting bullied really bad, I sort of uh, resorted to other escape avenues. I guess, like I, I started gaming a lot. I was uh, like maybe in class people made fun of me, but on World of Warcraft, I was like one of the best mages on my server. So. <laughs> I mean, well, yeah, I mean, it's definitely a form of escape for a lot of people. Uh, it, it was for me. For I mean, it still is in some ways. Uh, I think it can be a healthy outlet, but it can also be unhealthy depending on how you use it. I I definitely agree with. That. So you said you were you were anxious as a kid. Um, when were you first aware of that? Was it before being bullied, or did that kind of bring it up? I think I've kind of always been anxious. I just never really knew what anxiety like truly was until maybe a few years ago or so. Like okay. I just thought those feelings were like normal for for everybody. I thought everybody was like on edge and like kind of scared at all times. But then I found out that like no, that's <laughs> it's not everybody. That's just a, a thing that you know, certain people have to deal with. Did you feel like you could talk to anyone about those feelings while uh, when the bullying was taking place? No, not really. Um, what, what, what was keeping you from telling, like, your parents, for instance? I guess I just didn't have that, um, that good of a relationship with them where I could just, like, tell them anything or everything. I had also had a you know, siblings who I was like best friends with or whatever. But at the same time, I feel like during that phase, I sort of uh, closed or shut down those relationships and isolated. And I guess I, I didn't want to tell anybody about those feelings or what was happening. Were you afraid like they were going to judge you or think of you differently? Maybe a little bit that so I, I sort of felt like as a boy or man or whatever i should probably be able to like handle my own shit and take care of my own business and i guess yeah. uh, as i say man up and deal with it myself well yeah i mean I, that's that's pretty common 
I th- I mean, there's a reason not a- I don't know a lot of, you know, guy friends who talk about their mental health. I mean, you know, lately it's been more of a thing, but this is a different standard for sure. Oh, yeah, ab- absolutely. I-, I feel like men generally aren't in this society supposed to talk about their feelings or their shortcomings or their mental health or what have you. And I think that's definitely caused a lot of problems for a lot of people, you know? Yeah, for sure. I feel like a lot of men like don't even realize that the state that their mental health is in and that they need help hmm. because they've been so indoc- indoctrinated into uh, believing that, you know, boys don't cry. Um, yeah. I, I, I think it's a lot of people just like shove it down deep. And then once its ugly head actually does rear, a lot of bad things happen. Well, yeah, cause because you've been holding it down for so long, it, it just explodes, you know? Yeah, exactly. It makes me wonder, like, all the, the violence and, like, crimes that could be avoided if, if men were made to feel more open about talking about their mental health. I, I said that, I phrased that really weirdly, but... <laughs> You know what I mean? No, I, I completely agree with, with what you just said. I would like to see that, you know, change or whatever, but it doesn't seem like our country or school systems or whatever generally have uh, good mental health outlets for men or, or women for that matter. Like, it's just, it's not there. So going back to your school years, did the bullying last like all through junior high and high school or what what were those years like for you i would say uh there was like an incident when i was in seventh grade i think i was 13 or 14 years old at, at the time and it was one day i i had enough of it like i couldn't take it anymore um i straight up <laughs> i kind of uh beat the shit out of out of like the main proprietor who bullied me which i i I don't feel good about, but I mean, it's, it, it, it's in the past. I mean, he wasn't without blame either. Yeah. So, you know, basically, uh, they used to, they used to call me flag because, uh, they could call me flag, which they meant as fag, but oh. they could say that in front of teachers. Wow. And so like one day I was like, after gym class and it was like in the locker room and, like the main proprietor of the bowling was like, "Oh hey, hey, look at Flag, everybody. He's he's gonna try and look at your dicks. Like, don't don't change in front of him." Oh my god! And uh, after that, I was like, "Dude, if you say one more word to me, I'm gonna fucking I'm gonna lose it." And so you know, I changed back in into my normal clothes, and I was like going going to my other class, and then the bully was like. I don't even remember what he said. Um, he called me a flag. Provocative. <laughs> yeah, so, something like that. And I was carrying a sack of books, and I straight up like threw them onto the ground, and I I charged him, and well, basically got a couple good punches in. And <laughs> he basically got what was coming to him. Yeah, <laughs> I I saw red like I. I couldn't even, I don't know, like, think. I, I was just reacting. And then yeah. the next thing I know, like, I'm holding him up, 
like a foot above the ground by his neck and like choking the life out of him. And I was oh, like, shit. holy fuck, what am I doing? And then I let him go and like I fucking ran and I didn't know that was like something I was capable of. Like Oh yeah, that must have been terrifying. Yeah, it was it was not something I'm proud of, but at the same time I, I feel like that was something that kind of needed to happen. Like, well yeah, um I was going to ask you were terrified, sure, but like did you feel slightly empowered as well that you finally like did something? Oh, absolutely. Like I I was and I, I, I still am proud of myself for, for doing that. Like Yeah. When somebody's emotionally harassing you you tell people and they ignore it and then it continues to happen like something's bound to bound to happen of course yeah and it goes back to what we were saying about you know men or boys not being encouraged to talk about this kind of thing and then one day an explosion happens it's it just seems like a logical course of events to me i will say i'm i'm happy with like i guess my school counselors because after that event happens, I told them everything that led up to that. They didn't suspend me or like anything like that. Like they just told me if anything like that happened again, like come talk to them, which wow. is, I guess, pretty cool. Like, yeah, that's really cool. I, that was going to be my next question: was how the adults handled it, <laughs> you know? But I did have to go down to like the school office and explain my story and then I basically like bawled my eyes out for like two hours and sounds nice cathartic (laughs) it was a good time Uh, and you were what 14 when that happened or 13 either like 12 or 13 I okay can't remember exactly but so did that change the way that you went about your life after that like how did that affect your emotional well-being um i kind of didn't trust people like at all i guess i didn't socialize at all either other than with the friends that i'd previously had before that but yeah, i mean it's a small town and did you pretty much go to school with the same people the whole time yeah yeah pretty much 15 was also a bad year for me uh it was a freshman in high school and because the town I lived in was so small, we combined with another town for high school and we, we were the, the smaller town. So I had a few friends that I knew, but pretty much everybody else, I had no idea who they were or like what they were about or whatever. And I sort of isolated for like an entire year. I'd occasionally talk to like some, some close friends and, come over or whatever but but yeah that was a a super rough year (laughs) i went through an emo phase naturally i tried to dye my hair black but because i'm blonde it turned out blue oh no (laughs) yeah it was bad (laughs) accidental punk (laughs) (laughs) they can't have helped with the the social stuff no it it made it worse (laughs) (laughs) but then in 10th grade i I started smoking weed. All right. Really made me stop giving a fuck. Oh my god, I have to tell you. So, 
since we last talked, I have started smoking weed. <laughs> I never used to before. And it it's amazing. That's great. <laughs> for, for, I mean, you haven't finished your story. I don't know. People abuse it and whatever. But I don't know. For me personally, it's, it's really helped with uh, my depression and anxiety. In moderation, of course. Yeah, I, I completely agree. Um, I'll get back to my story in a second. But, yeah. Uh, I think weed just like sort of makes you uh, less emotional and more logical, I guess. Really? At, at least for me. I, I feel like yeah. when I smoke, I sort of separate myself from my thoughts and it allows me to like logically digest my thoughts. Yeah. And be like, was I overreacting by that statement or that moment or whatever? Like it kind of adds another layer of processing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I get that. Okay, I'll let you go back to your story now. <laughs> um, when I was 15, I pretty much spent most of my time in Azeroth. What's that? <laughs> World of Warcraft. <laughs> oh, <laughs> obviously I'm not a gamer. <laughs> I was like, is that in Minnesota? <laughs> Everyone yeah, who plays I, I... World of Warcraft is like shaking their heads at me. Right? They're turning off the podcast. <laughs> Oh, that's, that's a small minority. Like, I don't think you have to worry about that. Anyway, continue. Yeah, I would, I would spend the vast majority of my time just, like, playing World of Warcraft. Well, it's an escape that worked for you before, to some extent, right? Yeah, I mean... That, and, like, and you would, felt confident in that world. Yeah, I, I had a, a lot of friends in the, that world, you know? People that yeah. cared about me and my well-being and would talk to me and whatever honestly it was probably healthy for me maybe not the amount of hours i was spending on it but yeah i mean we're i'm gonna make another segue here but um there's such a stigma when it comes to online friends but you're right it can totally be healthy i mean a lot of the majority of podcast guests i've had on here i've met online and i i didn't play world of warcraft but i was part of Lord of the Rings chat rooms <laughs> and oh. uh, I met I met some people that way when I was like 12 13 and that I still talk to to this day but I remember it was like something you didn't want people to know like only losers had friends online you know it's sort of like a social stigma or something yeah for sure I think these days it's it's not as much of a stigma like you know especially now that online dating is a thing I think it's less weird oh absolutely I, I think it's just another way to socialize you know yeah but maybe when we were kids it wasn't the case yeah for sure okay so back to your high school years and smoking weed and playing world of warcraft <laughs> so uh towards the end of my sophomore year I uh I definitely began smoking a lot more weed and it kind of like gave me some sort of like box confidence that hmm. I didn't really give a shit about what people said or thought about me because most of the people who like said bad things about me like I, I didn't really like them anyways and I thought they were all like just dick bags and I mean that doesn't sound like false confidence to me it sounds like legit confidence you know not giving a fuck about what people say especially if those people have wronged you in the past i mean well why, why would you say false confidence i guess 
The only reason I'd say it like that is because I was using something to give me confidence. And without that, I, I probably wouldn't have that, you know, willpower yeah. or confidence. But at the same time, it, it did really help me. And I mean, that's what drugs are for, right? I mean, not just recreational that's... drugs, but like antidepressants, you know, uh, those kind of things. Absolutely. Like, I completely agree. Um, when did alcohol into their picture? Because I know we talked about it last time, uh, and that's how we know each other. We were on a an alcohol subreddit back in the good old days. Yep. How did the weed escalate into that, if you don't mind me asking? I guess, like, the weed sort of just stopped doing it for me. Yeah, like, I, I definitely... St- I still love weed, and I, I, I still smoke weed and stuff, but I guess... Uh, oh, yeah, I, I, I didn't even ask, like, how you're doing on that front. Like, I don't even know what your stance is on substances since I last talked to you. I mean, I I, I love substances. They, they help me. Yeah. I feel like if I, if I were to see, like, a psychologist and psychiatrist or whatever, maybe I'd be a little better off and i would rely less on the alcohol and weed but i don't i don't have medical insurance and i can afford that so yeah i mean mean, you're self-medicating exactly yeah i mean what other option do you have it's all about harm reduction at least i found yeah yeah absolutely i mean i don't know how much you want to talk about your your substance issues uh, today, I I know that I, I know things about your story from the last time we talked, but the listeners don't. So I kind of want you to like lead the way in terms of what like what you want to say, what you don't want to say. Oh, that's completely fair. Like I I respect that. Thank you. I drink a lot. Like <laughs> I'm talking like 20 drinks a day. Yeah. Which most people um, not exactly uh, endorsed by medical professionals no not not exactly like endorsed by anyone so was this all tied into the anxiety that you talked about at the beginning of our chat yes like absolutely but yeah generally uh, i would say when i drink i feel normal i guess that makes sense yeah oh totally i mean i I get that feeling completely which is great but also can be extremely harmful because you begin to like take it as a crutch. Yeah. And you need and more and more of it to feel normal and your body's like, you know, you build up a tolerance. Yeah, absolutely. And next thing you know, like you have to drink like three beers just to like be functional enough to go to go to work. Yeah. I remember those days very well. It's like the thing that helps make you feel normal is turning into the thing that's killing you and like making you feel worse, but you don't want to like admit it. And oddly, it like still helps in a weird way. I don't know. Like you want to get rid of it, but you don't because it's uh, it's helping you and making you. Yeah. I wouldn't say succeed, but survive. Well, my um my therapist recently asked me to look at the unhealthy coping methods I have in my life and she wanted me to write a list of uh, like write a list of things I'm grateful for about them because like we don't just 
make these things up out of nowhere. Like we start doing them for a reason. Like they do serve a purpose. Like you don't drink 20 drinks a day for shits and giggles. I mean, maybe you do, but most people don't like it helps you for a time. I completely agree. Like I don't really drink 20 drinks a day for shits chips and giggles like I, I drink 20 drinks a day just to feel good and, like feel happy yeah like I'm I'm probably about 10 drinks deep right now hey no judgment yeah I, mean, I, I don't feel good about admitting that but well at the same... this is a place where I hope you can be transparent and not worry about judgment because like I know I can't judge you and I hope none of the listeners of this podcast can judge you either. Like, we're all fucked up people who do fucked up things because the world's fucked up. Yeah, I, I completely agree with that. I don't know. I, f- I feel like if I was able to, like, seek therapy and maybe get on some drugs that would, like, actually help me, I might still drink if the drugs didn't work. But if, if they did, I, I feel like I'd probably be a much better contributing member of society. I mean, you can say that, but what does that even mean? You know, like, I don't know. People contribute to society in different ways, and it's all very subjective. And I don't think there's any such thing as normal. I guess what I'm saying is, like, I you shouldn't feel guilt about not contributing to society in a traditional sense. Because the guilt's not going to help anything. I guess I I don't really feel that guilty. Um, I just feel like I, I, I could do a lot better. You know, I have a lot more to offer than just what I'm doing right now. Yeah, and... I get that. I get that. When it comes to that, those sort of feelings, like, what do you want people to know? Like, what what are some things you you wish you could express about your mental health that you feel like you can't? Hmm. That's a kind of deep question I sprung on you. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, you're good. I'm, I'm just going to think for a second before I yeah. spew out some bullshit. Um, <laughs> Don't worry. This podcast is like 85% bullshit. <laughs> I would say, uh, I don't know. It's, it's not easy. Well, so I guess I see you as someone who talks about mental health pretty openly I mean, you just admitted to drinking on this podcast. Like, you're very honest and open. But do you feel like... I mean, you weren't always like that, right? Like, what has helped you over the years be more open about it? I guess I don't really care what people think about me anymore. Which might be a massive revelation in my life. But... Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I I am who I am and... I definitely have my issues, and I, I have my ways of solving them. You said at the beginning that you're surviving, and, and sh- I, I know a lot of that is through substances, like like we all survive. I need substances to survive. But, like, what what are some other ways you're surviving right now? Oh, all right. I like how excited you are about that question. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, I love music. Like, music is, it's my thing. It's my jam. Probably wouldn't be who I am without without it. What what instruments do you play? I play guitar and keyboard, mainly. Um, or piano, whatever. Nice. 
Have you always been that way? Like, how how long have you been into music? I, I would say I've been into music like my entire life. I've been flying for about ten years or so, but it's not really my my playing that like gets me by. It's just like listening to music. Like, I'll, I'll I bought a super expensive pair of like earbuds, and I will literally put on an album and sit and look at a painting for two hours and i enjoy that time it's in my opinion time well spent i agree like getting stoned and like riding the bus and just listening to music is one of my favorite things (laughs) yeah (laughs) i know that game it sounds like music has played a huge role in your mental health do you want to talk about that a little bit oh yeah definitely like how does music help you cope specifically it's just like it, it speaks to me. Like whatever whatever situation you're going through in life, good or bad, um, you might want to kill yourself. You might want to kill somebody, mm. but you can find a song that will recreate those exact same feelings for you, and you can listen to it, and you'll just understand that somebody before you has been there and has experienced those same feelings and yeah honestly i I think music is music is life yeah i i just like got chills when you said that because it's so true like um i I think when we talked last time you said you grew up religious but you're no longer religious right yeah absolutely yeah and i mean it's the same for me but sometimes like i think humans do have a spiritual side and it having grown up religious I find it really difficult to access that spiritual side now but music definitely is the closest I get to feeling spiritual I don't know if you can relate I would absolutely say like some of my like highlights of my life have been I've been jamming with like two or three other people and we all find a groove and I don't know play it out it's like sacred to use a cheesy word it is it's amazing. Like I, I've been trying to uh, spend more time working on music than well anything else. <laughs> when I first moved to Washington, I, I was playing like two to three, maybe four hours of guitar a day. Nice. And I, I just stopped because I was working like fifty to sixty hours a week, and on my time off, I didn't didn't have time or energy to like play. You worked at a, a restaurant, right? Or you still do? Still do. Yeah, I, I know that life. It's, it doesn't leave much energy for passion. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Recently, I've, I've, I finally started like trying to get back into uh, like playing guitar and writing lyrics and singing and the pursuing my dreams. Uh, it's time well spent. For sure. Going back to men and mental health specifically, do you feel like music makes it easier for you to talk about your mental health in a way where you couldn't otherwise as a man? Um, I would say it makes it more, well. I just thought of that when you're talking about it, when you were talking about how it, any feeling you have, someone else has written a song about it. I, I, I think it does. Like I was thinking, oh yeah, like people have been singing about this shit for decades and you know like you can write a song about something that you wouldn't necessarily feel comfortable talking about in a conversation 
Yeah, I absolutely agree with that. Sometimes some of my favorite songs have like no lyrics whatsoever, but hmm. I can like sense the emotion and totally passion behind them. And that makes up like a lot of my favorite songs. Like a lot of them have no lyrics whatsoever, but you can just, just feel what the artist is going through and you can relate to it. And it's, it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. I totally agree. I mean, look at like classical music, you know, I wish I could name a particular song, but nothing's coming to my head. But like those, you know, those composers were going through some deep shit. (laughs) It's, it's definitely a great way to express yourself. Like one of the the best, I would say. I don't know. That's very subjective. I would say that that's spot on. Whatever medium you have, kind of have to find a way to express yourself or relate to, uh, what is being ex- expressed as far as uh, classical composers go I would say uh, Claude Debussy La Luna oh yeah that that song is everywhere but I still like get chills when I hear those first notes oh yeah it, it's amazing like it's transformational I mean wouldn't it be cheesy if I just started like playing that song in the background while we're talking about it like when I edit this <laughs> No, I, I I think I I would enjoy that a lot actually. Oh my god! I wonder what uh, what the copyright situation is on classical music. Um, I'll keep you guys updated. But anyway, do you kind of wish you had discovered the healing power of music sooner? Like how how long do you think you've been using it uh, to treat your your mental health? I guess. Um. Hmm. Or is it even a conscious decision? Like, I mean, maybe you've just always been drawn to it. I know that's true for a lot of people. I, I think music is very therapeutic, but not everyone uses it that way consciously. Yeah, I and I would say I've probably been using music as a form of therapy since I was eight, nine, ten, eleven. Yeah. Like it, it's always been there for me. It's always the same thing. You can listen to a song and you know exactly how it's going to go. And um, the ebb and the flow of the song and your emotions. And sometimes like when you're, you're feeling very, very dark, you'll listen to a particularly depressing song. That might uplift you a little bit because it seems like the artist who played that song is going exactly through the same thing that you've yeah. been through and you can you can relate to it and other times you might seek out like a happy song or beat or rhythm or whatever it might have some like sad undertones or whatever but you're like I get this I've, I've been here too I understand yeah. it it's it's so comforting. I like that you brought up the the healing power of the sad songs too because I think people are too quick to be like you have to listen to happy songs when you're sad. I mean, I definitely have my sad playlists that I listen to and they bring me immense comfort. Absolutely. With me I don't know the 
the sad songs almost bring me more peace than the happy songs do. Well, yeah, because we know the world is sad. Sometimes the happy songs feel like they're like pulling the wool over our eyes or something or pretending life is better than it is. It's like a false sense of security or something. Yeah. What are you uh, listening to this week? Like, do you have any recommendations for the listeners? Oh, absolutely. So I've been extremely hot on uh, Steely Dan. Steely Dan? Yeah. I have not heard of that group. What? I know. Listen, <laughs> I grew up homeschooled. I wasn't allowed to listen to rock music. I have an excuse. <laughs> Okay, kind of. that's fair. Um, what kind of music is it? It's like uh, late 60s, early 70s, um, funk. Sla- no, no, it's like rock <laughs> slash funk slash jazz undertones and Ooh. All right. phenomenal lyrics and vocals. And it's hard to describe, but it's phenomenal. Like, What song would you uh, recommend if you've never heard of Steely Dan and you had to be introduced to them? Deacon Blues. What blues? Deacon Blues. Okay. Text that to me so I can put it in the show notes. <laughs> okay, will do. You're introducing a whole group of people to a new world. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've spent a lot of a lot of nights uh, listening to their albums and just like looking at artwork in my room. Uh, it's <laughs> it helps me, I guess. I mean, whatever, however you can experience relief, you know, any solace from this world we live in right now, like I'm all for that as long as it's not hurting anyone. Like, music is definitely a great way to escape. Like going back to when you were in middle school and you used gaming to escape. I, I feel like I, I think everyone needs something like that right now. The cool thing about music is uh, there are so many goddamn artists and um, DJs and rappers, um, composers, whatever genre you know, you're yeah. about. There's new music coming out every week. It seems every, like every minute <laughs> I've got like three hours of new music that I'm, I need to listen to like tonight. <laughs> it's never ending. Yeah. I, I mean, it's like there's something for everyone, like whatever you're going through, even if you feel like you're the only one, I guarantee you someone has created music about it, you know? Oh yeah, ab- absolutely. Like I kind of, uh, every, I guess yearly ritual where I listen to certain types of music over certain types of the year. Yeah. It's like end of summer, I get really, really into blues, like blues music. And then once fall comes around, I switch completely to folk and I'll listen to a ton of folk music. Yeah. And then winter gets a little weird because it lasts so long and I kind of. You can kind of have several phases within the season. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, If anyone who's listening is looking for uh, good folks' suggestions, um, Iron and Wine, 
Sufjan oh, Stevens, yeah. Nick Drake. It's probably one of my favorites. I guess wrapping it up, like, do you do you have anything else you wanted to say about mental health in particular for anyone who's listening, or like advice you wish you could have given yourself? I'd say it's tough, and some days are definitely tougher than others. But as long as you can like get out of bed, do your morning routine, and you know whatever that is. Taking three drinks. And, and... <laughs> <laughs> well, that's my routine. But then, like, put on a song that's gonna somewhat get you going, and just start doing something that you need to do. Because when you start doing good things, like they tend to roll into you doing more good things and when you lay in your bed and don't do anything that tends to lead into more laying in your bed and not doing anything so i would just say like just try to do something even if it's not much even if it's just like waking up and brushing your teeth and taking a shower maybe like doing a lot of laundry on your day off. Oh, if you do, what, if you're doing laundry, you get a gold medal. I, I feel like that's a successful day off. Yeah, I no. would totally agree, and I feel like my standards are even lower. <laughs> as long as you do something that you you can be proud of. Absolutely. There was a a post I I saw on Reddit a couple of years ago. It was about having no zero days. Hmm. And zero days are like where you basically lay in bed all day. Uh, don't do anything constructive or beneficial towards your life. And then go to bed and wake up the next day. Maybe you have to go to work, whatever. But don't have zero days. Like, do something. Yeah. Even if it's getting out of bed to like shower and brush your teeth do that at least you have some like positive momentum going towards you yeah would you say that there are negative days where it's like the opposite no absolutely like like a zero day might be a day where you don't do anything but then you could have a day where you harmed yourself and that would be a negative day and like you were saying earlier those definitely snowball in either direction i would say like uh speaking from experience zero days like kind of are negative days okay i guess that's what i was wondering when you do nothing and you wake up the next day a lot of times that sort of like tends to spiral for sure i guess you have to uh you have to check yourself and sort of make sure you're in an okay spot or I don't know. What, just, does that, what does that look like for you to check yourself? I would say get done with your work before you go to your play. Even if your play doesn't seem like it's play at all, just you got to do the things. Like for instance, brush your teeth before you lie on your stomach and stare at your blanket. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Like <laughs> <laughs> Work before play. Like some days, like for sure. 
and also like i'm not saying like that's the best route to take but fuck some days like you're you're feeling it you're got the dopamine flowing you're you ready yeah. to conquer the day or what have you do whatever you need to do to get done on that day and then reward yourself with like listening to music and staring at an art piece or whatever hanging out with friends or what have you yeah like we all have our survival methods you know and some of them might be quote unquote healthier than others but I think in the end it's all about how you're surviving yeah I, I absolutely agree well thank you for doing this and uh, using Skype for the second time in your life <laughs> um, I feel honored um, do, do you have anything else to add or are you good let me think for a second so Kurt Vile just released a new EP today and I'm pretty sure what? it's yeah, with, with John Prine I didn't know that I love Kurt Vile and his hair you and me both. <laughs> right? It's like goals. Uh, I had his hair for a minute, but I, I chopped it off. Oh, why would you do such a thing? It's for a mullet. Oh. That's a whole other uh, podcast episode. <laughs> Maybe next time. Yeah, I saw him live in Austin uh, like five years ago, and it was great. I was like in the front row. Uh, I'm so so jealous. Yeah, do you know the Ravenettes? Yeah. He was playing with the Ravenettes on an outdoor stage. Is he just like playing guitar or something? Well, no, no, no. Like they were opening for him. He wasn't playing oh, with what? with them, but you know, um, they were uh, at the same show. Hell yeah! Yeah, it was great. Dude, that that sounds like an awesome opening band for Kurt Vile. Fucking miss live music. I do too. It's maybe next year. Uh, maybe who knows? Anyways, thanks, was... thanks for doing this again. No, it's great talking to you. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I hope you have a good night listening to Kurt Vile, and um, here's to everyone continuing to survive. Hell yeah! It's great talking <laughs> to you. Thanks for having me. You too. Good night. Good night. Hey guys, thanks for listening to this episode of Pickles and Vodka. If you could relate to anything we talked about, you can follow the podcast at Pickles and Vodka Podcast on Instagram, on Facebook by typing in Pickles and Vodka Podcast. You can also email me at Pickles and Vodka Podcast at gmail.com if you have any stories or if you just want to say hi. Thanks again for listening, and I hope you guys have a wonderful week. Stay safe.